Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the Uninformed Opinions Podcast. Welcome back, guys. Uh, this is the podcast where we take a zoomed out perspective look at this macrocosm of this thing we call Earth. And sometimes by doing that, some of us realize like, we don't really know what we're doing. Um, <laughs> I have the pleasure today to be joined by someone who, in my opinion, actually has a pretty good grip on things y'all <laughs> you mind? I, I think so man i am joined by ashley williams what's up ash how are you doing i am so glad to be here it's such an honor this is gonna be fun i can already tell i can't tell you how much i appreciate you um taking the time uh, to, to be with me ashley is um obviously as i say man i, I can't do enough to give you the accolades that that you deserve um, but also you are a brand new mother again uh, for yes. the third time. Yes. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful baby girl, man. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like sometimes people say that and it's like, oh, man, you know, you got beautiful kids. But yeah, your baby, she she's gorgeous. Yeah, it's wild. She came out with like bluish gray eyes. I don't know where that came from. Um, and she's just the sweetest thing. She looks like a little doll baby. So thank you. I really appreciate that. She's just the sweetest thing. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. We 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 definitely, we have not had the pleasure to meet her in person. Just the world that we live in right now is insane. It's it's crazy. We got the COVID running around. We got all kind of little baby Delta, diseases. The Delta variant, the RSV. Man. It's been wild. You know, we went to the doctor the other day and Reese had a, like a little cold and her brothers had been sick from school. And the doctor told us that there was only from like flu season of 2020 until then, which was, I guess, you know, summer of 2021, yeah. there was only one case of the flu, like, you know, that came into their doctor's office, which yeah. blew, her mind. It blew her mind. And she's like, it's because we were all home and no one was getting anything. And then all of a sudden we opened back up and then it was just like, you know, wildfire, especially with the kiddos putting stuff in their mouth and touching each other and all right. that. Yeah, it's wild. But, you know, baby girl was fine. And, you know, bless the immune systems. Jesus. Right. Bless- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so that's so scary, man. It's like having kids. You don't think about yourself anymore. It's just all about like, how is this stuff going to affect them? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. You know, this this is my first year that that we have our daughter my five-year-old in like school school and like public school uh which should be a very exciting time and nothing should get in the way of that but unfortunately we, we're dealing with this mess and all the politics that comes along with it mask and no mask you know i don't even i don't i don't want to go down that rabbit hole <laughs> oh my gosh i just know that the, the few times i have a two and a four-year-old so they're much younger um and the few times that they've had mask on like at the doctors I, you know they give them the mask yeah they're on the ground they're like in the random crevices and corners and i'm like yeah that on your face <laughs> like i don't know which is worse like i don't know which is worse if you put that back on your face or catching something but yeah no it's i know it's all politicized and sucks that it has to be that way yeah yeah man this is where we live in but um <laughs> As I say, you know, I really feel like um, you and you and your husband, Terry, who I've had the pleasure of, uh, of of having on the podcast before. And as my listeners probably know, is one of my oldest and dearest friends. Yes. Um, man, you, you guys, you guys make me want to be a better person. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I think I know that I'm not the only person that feels that way. 
you know, you guys do so many incredible things. Always are willing to to lend a helping hand, have a, a, a gracious word for someone, and um, huge smiles on your face all the time uh, by by doing so. And like I say, man, just navigating this crazy ass world, um, just just in a way that is is very inspirational. Um, man, I want to get into kind of what drives you to be the person that that you are, you know, and how did you become so goal oriented and and what are some of the things that laid the foundation for you to to get to where get you to where you are you know in your opinion Ooh, those are some good questions you know i think a lot of it in terms of how you talked about us having a smile and you know being positive and trying to inspire people it just really comes from a place of gratitude if i'm honest this last year year and a half have been one of the hardest ever, if not the hardest ever in our marriage, just because we own multiple businesses and navigating that with COVID has been real. You know how that yeah. goes. Oh yeah. You know how all that's going <laughs> when it comes to business and managing all of this. And so, you know, we can choose to, you know, be overcome by all the, all that is, you know, overwhelming, or we can choose to, to try to find the good in it. So I think gratitude is huge. And Terry, of course, is like, he's, you know, Mr. Positivity, Mr. <laughs> you know, I could be a lot more sarcastic and like dry humor, <laughs> you know, um, but he really pulls it out of me. So I'm grateful that he kind of helps balance in a way. Um, and in terms of why I'm goal in, in, oriented, that's a good question. I really think it's just kind of how I was wired as a kid. I was yeah. always a kid who was trying to join some, I was student council president, class president, cheer captain, you know, yeah, um, yeah. I did always did the most was playing volleyball and, you know, just doing a lot in school. Um, and I think I just was driven by, you know, success in that way. I found my, my yearbook from um, high school. And I was like that kid that was like most likely to succeed in the yearbook, you know, oh. now look, looking back on that, I'm like, wow, you know, like, what does that mean? What did that mean for me then? And what does that mean now? And what do people like, what do we even think is success? And, you know, I of course had all these questions and got really deep, but I don't know. I think I was always just really wired. I'm, a, I'm the oldest child. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but you Maybe. know, yeah, I think that could have had something to do with it. And my parents, you know, I was first generation college student, so neither of them went to college they didn't really understand what I was trying to navigate while I was in college. I remember, you know, ca calling them once at like 2 a.m. because there was something going on and they were like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm just studying, you know, in, yeah. the, in the library. And they're like, you're having to study at 2 a.m. Oh, you must not be doing well. Oh, no. Like, you know, <laughs> I was like, no, everyone's studying. Like, this is what happens in college, you know? Yeah. So I think knowing that I was kind of like the trailblazer in my family in that way, I kind of had to own it. I had to like get my stuff together so that I could, you know, be successful in that way. And, but I mean, I always knew I had a huge support system to lean back on. Like my family is like cheering me on, you know, that's awesome. um, and, and that's been huge for me. Um, so I think that has a lot to do with it too. That's awesome. That's awesome. Those, those are, those are all great things because, you know, obviously as a parent uh, of, of two daughters uh, myself, you know, and I'm sure anybody listening, you would want your kids, you know, I want my kids to like be goal oriented like that. And, and man, when I was in high school, I wasn't worried about nothing, but like making music, trying to holler at some girls, trying to get to the next party, <laughs> like all of that. And like literally just trying to do the minimum to graduate and just whatever, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't this grandiose plan, you know, and, and all of that. And 
obviously I want, I want, I want better for my girls. I want better for my children. So it's like to tap into the mind of someone that had those type of goals in high school and, and was more goal driven and focus driven. Um, that's very important. You know, it's very important for me to, to talk to you and get that message out and, and just kind of drive those things home. Um, mm-hmm. So I, def- I definitely do appreciate that. I was reading something that you uh, posted recently. Um, you you graduated valedictorian of your, of your class, correct? Yeah. Jesus Christ. What what type of passion do you have to have to go through school and look at all your classmates and say, I'm about to take each one of you. I'm about to take <laughs> I'm coming for that number one spot. <laughs> exactly. I remember Ludacris's song and I was like, exactly. That's exactly what I'm trying to do. No, I remember I was in junior high. I think I was in eighth grade and I was at a graduation and I saw, oh, wow, there's a student speaker. And I asked like, why, why does that student get to speak at the graduation? And they said, oh, she's the valedictorian. Yeah. And I was like, valedictorian, what's that word? So I just, I got like enamored with it and just got obsessed. And so- yeah. My goal was, okay, ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, senior year, every year, I'm going to try to be the top student. And if I'm the top student every year, then, you know, odds are it'll all work out. And so that's what I did year after year. And like I shared in that post, senior year got crazy. And long story short, one of my best friends in the world um, who was in my class, like, made this whole ordeal out of it, tried to say that I was, I had taken college classes that were, you know, that counted for high school and for college. And he was like, oh, those shouldn't count toward her GPA. He got a lawyer involved, got the whole school school administration saying that my GPA shouldn't be what it is. And it's like, wait, what? We're friends. Like, what's happening? Oh, it was bad. It was bad. It was so bad that the administration came to me and they were like, actually, just let him have it. Like, just give it up. Because he was number two and I was number one. I was like, are you kidding me? I've been working toward this my whole, the whole, my whole high school career. No. And long story that's short, friends. I, I, that's friends for you. Okay. That's the quote unquote friends. <laughs> and you know, you're right. And that was one of my, I'm, I was, I was a little sheltered, you know, I think I was a little naive. And I think that was one of the first things that happened to me in life where it was like, oh, people will like turn their backs on you. People will betray you. Like people who are close to you. I mean, it just was out of the blue. And so it really shaped, you know, a lot of things. I think I might have a little bit of trust issues here and there. Because I don't blame of it, you. Yeah. But in a lot of ways, I've healed from it. I've forgiven him. I've forgiven the administration. I've moved on. What's but it was, I'm not going to say, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to even give him the credit. How about that? <laughs> no, that's nuts. That's yeah. an insane story. Wow. But I mean, like you say, that's a very valuable life lesson because mm-hmm. that's real, you know, especially when you get higher and higher to the top. Um, that kind of stuff starts happening. I don't know if you've ever uh, seen the movie, The Founder, um, the story of uh, McDonald's. Yes, uh-huh. yes. Yeah. That, that movie, for people that have seen it, y'all kind of, y'all probably know what I'm alluding to, but for the people that haven't, there's a part in the movie, like towards the end, the, the whole movie makes Ray Kroc out to be like the protagonist. And, you know, you think you're going to follow his story and be inspired and all of this which I mean, you can be, I guess, <laughs> depending on how you uh, take the movie, but right. it got to a part, a point in the movie where, you know, he's on top of the game. He's stolen McDonald's pretty much from the actual founders. And he just tells whoever you're talking to on the phone, I'm, I'm, this is what I do. I butcher things all the time, but you know, it's pretty much like you got to be willing to, to if, if my competitor is drowning in a pool, I'm willing to step on their neck and, and just, take them down you know what i'm saying and just finish them off and it's like yo that's the world that's yeah. the that's the world that we live in you know that's yeah. what 
people are more than willing to do. Yep. And that's what definitely what it sounds like your friend. Exactly. That's what uh, I was learning. Like, wow, someone that close to you will do something like that. And then like, how do you respond? You know, um, I chose to keep fighting. I was like, no, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep, keep doing my classes. I'm going to, you know, fight for this. My mom fought, thank God for a good mama who's going to come and talk to the people and, you know, do all the things. And I ended up graduating valedictorian. And then fast forward to college, I had the opportunity to speak at my, my college graduation as well, which was a huge honor because again, I was first generation college student, completely surprised my entire family. They didn't know, you know, that I was going to be the student speaker. And so they're like, wait, why is Ashley walking on stage? She's, a, she's, a, my mom was like, my grandma was like, she's with the wrong people. Somebody go get Ashley and tell her to go, go, go get with the kids. She's in the wrong group. She didn't even know where she's supposed to be, you know? Wow. And, and my mom knew, you know, that I was going to be speaking. And, you know, when I walked up to the podium, there was like the biggest roar that uh, the the dean or whoever was introducing me was like, wow, we know where Ashley's family sitting. <laughs> <'Cause it was laughs> right. So, you know, going back to that support and just like I said, like God, what God has for you, that's what I was saying in that post. What God yeah, has sure. for you is for you. So, you know, I kept fighting and not only did I get to speak at my, you know, high school graduation, but my college too. So glory to God. That's so awesome. That's so awesome. I love that. Um, I, I meant to preface this at the beginning of the episode. Um, so <laughs> this is what happens when you don't do prep work. But um, <laughs> I wanted to mention that, you know, part of the reason that I have you on today um, is that you are launching a a, a prepare your launch um, uh, challenge yes. to, to small business owners that either have, have are wanting to launch a business or have already launched a business, but want more information uh, from your business consulting firm and, um, you know, everything that you do. So I'll give you an opportunity right now to formally, um, you know, just kind of, kind of explain that. And and we'll definitely get into that a little bit more. Sure. Sure. So I am a small business strategist. I lost my, I launched my first business back in 2013. It's a gym here in Houston called the league. league. We love our, we love our fitness family. We love what we, we get to do through the league. Well, you know, the first year in was wild. We ended up reaching six figures in revenue in our first year, which was wild. And then we ended up launching two locations in 2015. And, you know, the business just really took off and it, it got into a place where it was a really well-oiled machine. Um, and I said, well, what, what else do I want to do now? I'm only working like three hours a week at the gym. Yeah. Um, I decided to launch my small business uh, strategy firm. So that's what I do. That's, you know, what I do now in addition to the league and I am doing a prepare to launch challenge. So one of the things I wish I would have had back when I first launched my first business was like some kind of guidance as to what to focus on, you know, come to entrepreneurship. There are all the things there's so much, it's overwhelming. And a lot of times you just focus on marketing, but you don't really focus on those foundational pieces. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, your CPA and your attorney and your business plan and really thinking through your ideal client and how to, you know, market to them. And so I created a guide called Ready, Set, Launch. And it was the first 10 steps to launching your business. And so when I first launched this business strategy firm back in 2019, I came out with that freebie where people could download it for free. And I mean, it took off, people loved it. So I said, well, how can I add more value? And so that's what the challenge is all about. Every day for 10 days, you're going to get a like small, actionable business launch task. And I'm keeping it bite-sized because I think a lot of times people who want to launch businesses get overwhelmed with all things. So I'm like, I want you to get some momentum and you're going to get momentum when you can just check off one thing each day. So you'll get a task in your inbox every day. 
there'll be a video where I, a really short video where I go into a little bit more detail and give you more context around the task. And then every day in our Facebook group, we'll go live and I'll answer your questions around that task. So I'm super excited about it because again, I want to be the resource I wish I had when I first launched the league and I had no idea what I was doing. That's awesome. Um, Yeah, it kicks off on Monday, September 20th. And all you have to do is go to birdwilliams.com slash challenge to sign up. It's super easy to sign up. It's completely free. And you'll be getting the first task in your inbox on the 20th. That's so awesome. That's so awesome. I mean, if if nobody else has said it, hopefully other people have told you, but thank you for for what you're doing. That's so great. You know, as as someone that's, uh, you know, an entrepreneur myself or uh, part of what the term you call i don't know if you coined this term but a, a marriedpreneur yes i did not coin <laughs> yes you are yeah um marriedpreneur for anybody that's listening is uh, a married couple that that launches a, a business together and runs and operates a business but um you know thank you so much i mean yeah i mean we're in the same boat obviously you know me and fabi we we obviously understand like we pretty much hit every single pitfall that you okay. could possibly hit. <laughs> so, um, and, and we definitely leaned on you, you know, with the most annoying cause. I know I would literally have like sessions in my mind, like 20, 30 minutes. I was like, babe, I, I can't call Ashley with this dumbass question. What? You know, you like, could have called me. I, I, I would tell her like, she's going to know how stupid we are. <laughs> like, <laughs> There are no dumb questions, period. Oh man, you—it's all good. You could tell me, like, yeah, you, you, yeah, you had some dumb questions, bro. Yeah. <laughs> there are no dumb questions. I mean, the world of entrepreneurship is wild. It's vast. It's confusing. Like, there's an S corp for tax purposes versus an S corp for business formation purposes. That's confusing, right? Yeah. There's there's so many things that yeah, no dumb questions ever. It's yeah. better to the question and get clarity. And again, that's what I'm trying to do is like remove all the roadblocks, like, you know, unveil all the, the secrets, you know, and just tell you what it is and keep it real. So, yeah, no, and that's, that's life guys. First of all, this is like, this is the type of person you're dealing with. Like, I know I had dumb questions, but she's such a modest person. She's such an awesome person. She would never tell me that. So definitely join her challenge guys. If you're listening to this and you feel like of course, anybody that's starting a business, you're going to feel overwhelmed. You know, you're going to think in your mind, you have to have every single duck in a row in order to start and launch your business for it to be successful. Speaking from someone like if you look at me and you think, how in the hell does he run and operate a business? Please use that as inspiration. I mean, please, because yes, it's hard. It's tough. It takes mad dedication, very consistent, you know, um, consistency to do it but it's very achievable. Yes. Um, so this is, this is definitely very helpful resources that Ashley is providing. And, and like I said, I can't thank you enough. Um, and it's life, you know, I think someone that's, that's out there that has the wisdom that has done things before you that can actually tell you, you know, kind of what things to avoid. That's so valuable. You know, I have like younger siblings and, and, and things like that, that I'm always telling them like, Hey, it's not so much of what I've done to be successful. It's like the things that I failed at that are almost more valuable for you to hear, you know, avoid these pitfalls and you can be way more successful than I've ever thought about being, you know? 
Oh, 1000%. I mean, you don't have to experience every failure to learn from it. You can learn from other people, right? So like, uh, I mean, I don't know. I saw all kinds of things growing up, friends, family members, you know, and I would just think like, you know, you don't have to go through that to learn from it. You could see it and say, okay, you know what I'm saying? Like I can from their experience. So when it comes to launching a business, yeah, don't do it alone. And I even had a a young lady who booked a strategy session with me. She needed to hire um, onto her team, which is something I talk about a lot. In order to grow your business, you have to grow your team. Eventually you can't just do all the things, right? And um, she was like, I've needed to hire for so long, but I, I didn't want to reach out to you because I just, I felt bad. Like I should, should know how to do it myself. Like I felt like, you know, I was like, what? Yeah. No. <laughs> like, no, you know, like you're going to, cause she was like, it's, and I still haven't done it. It's something I needed to do like months ago. And I, I could have done it months ago. If I would have just called you, I gave her a whole game plan and she ended up like finding a great person really quickly. So my point is, it's just that, you know, get help. Like, None of us, you know, are, are, are wired to do this ourselves. Like we're wired to actually live in community and that's where we can really thrive. So that would be a big piece of advice. That's awesome. Um, I did want to ask you what, what is one of, or the most common thing that you see that small businesses do or, or people that, that you consult with one of their biggest pitfalls or one of, one of the things that you see you know, that's most common that you're like, okay, this is like a frequently asked or frequently failed thing that um, you want to throw some free game out uh, sure. right now. The number one thing I see, or I should say one of the top things I see is folks wanting to start a business and they're like, oh, look, I have my logo. Oh, look, my website, you know, this is one of my website. Oh, I have my Instagram handle. So they're so focused on the marketing, you know, yeah. all the branding. And that is so important. It is so important to have those things um, on point. But this is the thing. What if you work so hard on all the marketing pieces and you bring people into this business that is broken because you have not thought about your operations. You have not focused on your financials. You know, so your pricing is all wonky. So it can't actually sustain the business. Like, so you've gotten people in on this price point, but that price point can't pay the bills, you know? Yeah. Because you haven't done the numbers. People are so afraid of of numbers, of an Excel spreadsheet, of the word projections, that they just avoid it completely. But then they find themselves in a rut, you know, down the road because they focus so much on marketing, brought people in and now, oh man, we don't have the the numbers don't make sense, right? Or even just the foundational pieces, like, why you're doing what you're doing. If you're starting a business, one of the first things you want to think about is purpose. Why? Why does this business exist? What does it do differently than competitors? What is the unique value proposition, right? What is the problem we're solving? And how am I going to communicate that problem? Who are the who are my ideal clients? Who are the type of people I'm trying to reach? Yeah. Where do they hang out? That's where <laughs> I need to be. You know, when it comes to marketing, even there's Pinterest, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, you know, there's so many things. And if you're trying to be everywhere, it's especially in the beginning when you have less resources, meaning less money and time, then you're going to kill yourself. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I'm, you know, marketing to moms. Where do moms hang out? Maybe it's in Facebook groups. Maybe it's on Pinterest. Like you have to think about who your ideal client is and, and be more strategic when it comes to your marketing. So 
again, foundation, financial operations, and then marketing, because marketing will make a lot more sense once you have that solid foundation. That's man. Everything you said was so on point. I, I love that. And it's so important. I love, I love what you were saying about, think about your purpose of, of your business, you know, in my business and in, in what me and my wife do, which I rarely ever promote on, on this podcast <laughs> for one, I don't want people to listen to this and be like, Oh, let me look up that business. Cause based <laughs> on what he's talking about, I don't know if I want to order from there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, no, no, in all seriousness, um, we get so many new clients into, into our store that tell us that they've been with other companies, you know, as far as meal preparation and things like that. And, um, I can tell right off the bat by the things that they're saying, there's absolutely no passion behind the company that they, they were with, you know, Mm -hmm. there's no variety, there's no flavor, there's no, you know, things like that. And my wife and I, the reason we started the business was totally out of passion, you know, still to this day, you know, there's a ton of passion behind it. We love it. It drives us to, to continue to do what we do and implement new things and have fun with it. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's just constantly, something that we enjoy, you know, the purpose behind it is there because we want to help people hit their specific health and fitness goals and, and do it in a way to where it's very convenient for them. You know, that that's easy. We wake up each morning knowing our purpose, but especially in that field and that arena, that niche, you see so often that people are like, Ooh, like this is a, this is a good way to make a quick buck. I can do this. I can, I can throw some meals together and, and, and market it, have a badass logo, like you're saying, and, you know, do something, but we noticed that, man, those companies come and go, mm-hmm. they fizzle out real quick, you know, in my opinion, because yeah, there's not the purpose, there's not the passion behind it. So I know it's so cliche and you'll probably agree, but, um, you know, from youth, we were always told, you know, do what you love to do, you know, and you'll never feel like you, you work a day in your life, you know, but that's, that's really the realest shit ever, you know, <laughs> that somebody can say, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know. You know, you, I don't know if you'd agree or not. Wait, what are you saying? That, you know, if you, if you do what you love to do, you know, you do what you're passionate about, then you'll never feel like that you, that you work a day in your life. Yeah. You know, it, de- it depends on how you define work, right? So when it comes to doing what you're passionate about, I, th- I really like to stress this thing, especially when it comes to entrepreneurship, because you see those people on Instagram who are like, hashtag, I'm my own boss, hashtag, you know, <laughs> and it's like, I'm sipping pina coladas, you know, on the beach, because I'm getting, you know, six feet, you know what I mean? And they yeah. make this perception of entrepreneurship as just like, the easiest thing like oh i'm just like looking at all these receipts in my email i'm making all this money yeah and it does take some work and i and i want people to know that because i don't want people to get into it and be like oh man have you have you you've heard my you've seen my post where i was talking about like choose your heart where it's like i i love that post yes marriage is hard divorce is hard choose your heart yeah. you know fit is hard being obese is hard choose your heart like mm-hmm. working a nine to five is hard being an entrepreneurship or being an entrepreneur is hard choose your heart so you have to really think about like okay this you know there's no like easy easy route where it's just easy peasy i'm gonna be able to just like chill but yeah. man there's so much purpose and fulfillment that comes with doing what you really feel called to do. And I think that's what you're talking about. Like when you go after what you're really purpose to do, 
then that fulfillment will make it feel like, man, this isn't hard compared to what I was doing before. Like before I was yeah. working on Wall Street, I was making six figures. Like it was like a dream job for a lot of people. I was in New York City. It was like, you know, <laughs> it was it was what, what people kind of aspire to do. And- I did, I did, I did want to, um, before you, before you like get out into it, I did, I, I love the way that we were going, like from your high school to college and everything like that. So this is definitely a story that I was looking forward to. You were going on like a Kanye trajectory you know what I'm saying like <laughs> the whole college dropout graduation good ass job like so I definitely want to uh, finish up this series with you so yeah when you because so this this is at a point in time uh guys this is where me and Ashley kind of connected you know this is where we met like in your college days you went to school uh with my boy Terry you know yeah. at, at uh, University of Texas so I had the pleasure of uh <laughs> had the pleasure of meeting you there and yeah. um you know obviously man you guys already already at that time like power couple like like we all kind of knew it in the way that my boy t talked about you and and always like pumped you up it was it was new at the time you know what i'm saying because we were young you know like guys at that time like you know as as young guys as young men we ain't talking about how much (laughs) inspiring our wives or our girlfriends are man it's that's not the talk that's not the lingo you know so for him to always have like very positive and resounding things to say about you, that was inspirational in itself. So it was like a little heartbreaking when, you know, like the decision was made, like you're going to go your separate race out yeah. to, you know, New York. And it just seemed like that was the end. That was the end of yeah. the Terry and Ashley story, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So just to give a little background, we had a very long distance relationship um, when when we started dating, he was working for Atlantic records in California. It was June and he would be there all summer. We would, he would come back to UT in the fall and we'd be to be together in the same city for those like four months. And then I went and studied abroad in Milan, Italy for six months. Damn. I was overseas for six months, came back. He had graduated and moved back to Houston so then, you know, we're apart again, that there's a whole n- another year of college. And then when I'm supposed to be going to Houston for an internship, I decide to go to Ghana in West Africa <laughs> for, to do a social development project and work with microfinance agencies. And he was like, OK, cool. You know, then, you know, I come back to UT. We're still apart and I have to hustle to get a job. I get like four job offers in Houston with Deloitte, Accenture, JP Morgan, some oil and gas company. And so the idea was like, okay, Ashley has jobs in Houston. She's going to be here finally. We're Which be- all sound like great jobs. Right. They were all great jobs, consulting, private wealth management. That was the plan. Last minute, I get this call to go to New York City. And I'm thinking, and it, and it was investment banking. Yeah. I had no internship in investment banking. It was wild that I even got the job. Yeah. And so my, my mind, that was the most challenging of all of my offers. So I was like, I want to go with the most challenging one. Because I could always bounce back to go to, with one of the other ones if I if it didn't work out, you know. Man. Of course, I decided to do the most challenging one. Because you, know? <laughs> well, you that I'm, you that coming from that number one spot type person, that's what like, you do. Just like how I'm wired, and so I go out <laughs> to New York and and or decide to go out to New York, and I'll never forget. Terry was like, it was my birthday. And he, we were getting out of the car, going somewhere. And he was like, he, he before he was like all dramatic before he <laughs> like closed the door, he looked back at me and he was like, I was going to propose to you today. It was my birthday. And oh. I told him like a month earlier that I was going to New York. And I was like, what? Like I had no idea he was even thinking about that. He was of course all in his feelings. 
a few months later, he breaks up with me and he's like, you know, you just, cause I, he wanted me to say that I was going to come back to Houston, you yeah. know, after the program. And I was like, no, I might be able to go to London or the Hong Kong office. You know, and of course I like travel clearly. And he was like, yeah. you're never going to want to settle. You're never going to want to be in one place. And like, this isn't healthy. This isn't how our relationship is supposed to go. Side note, Terry was my first boyfriend. So I had no other idea of what of what a relationship was supposed to look like i'm like this is fine at least i'm in the same country this time well you, know? uh, well, you hit too high um, <laughs> with, with, with the first boyfriend you know to okay. be honest with you so right, right. <laughs> it's like with the job that you're saying you know in new york then yeah you can always fall back on those but with dating somebody like my boy terry the, the fallbacks are which i was soon to find out i was soon to find out <laughs> Yeah. So I moved to New York. We like broke up. It was done. I was like, you know, it was, it was heartbreaking for me. I moved to New York and to your point could not, I was like, I didn't really even date date, but it was like, oh, these are the options. Oh, this is not okay. Like just kidding. So about a year and a half later, I was like, I called him. I'll never forget. I was like, um, hi. I think we're Remember me? <laughs> yeah, we're supposed to be together, right? And long story short, by the grace of God, we reunited, and yeah. Oh no, nah, it wasn't no grace of God, man. That boy was pouting, he was pouting <laughs> them whole, them whole year and a half, man. He was like, oh, Miss Ashley. Oh man, it was, I was like, See, you want to go out, man? Like, no, Miss Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> It was rough. It was really rough. But yeah, so I decided to move back to Houston actually before we even got back together. But it was because though I was on these crazy deals in, in, in New York and, you know, doing really well, it was just like I was not fulfilled. It was not what it was. You know, I wasn't as yeah. excited as my colleagues about these deals we were landing and stuff. And I said, I can't do this for the rest of my life. And I had gotten the, the opportunity. I'd gotten the third year offer to go to Hong Kong or London. I could choose. Wow. And I was like, no, I'm going to give it all up. My six figure salary and all of that. And I want to go into entrepreneurship. So that's how that all happened. I decided to move back to Houston. Terry and I got back together, got married, and we launched the league about a year after we got married. Okay, so I'm gonna need to like make this official here on this podcast right now while everybody's here and you can't back out later. Um, I'm gonna need the exclusive rights to this story to when we, you know, film the movie. Oh, um, wow. I will we'll definitely try to get Michael B. Jordan uh, to, to play Terry. We'll get Beyonce oh to play you. Right, um, right. <laughs> no, I mean, this it, it's an awesome love story it's like that classic you know what do you choose the career or or, or the family mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and and thankfully this one has the happiest of of endings you know because yeah. you guys literally got both yeah. you know what i'm saying and i yeah, think he amazing. would say he says to this day i'm glad you did that because i think you would have all, always resented me and i i think i would have too if i would have stayed in houston at one of those other jobs i would have always wondered what would it have been like to live in new york and and, and like, you know, go after that dream of mine. So um, thank God it all worked out. That's so dope. That's so dope. I love that. And yeah, to have a to have a story like that from a, a place of color, you know what I'm saying? For uh, yeah, black people, strong, young black people. That needs to be on the big screen, man. Yeah. So <laughs> I got some people. I got some people. I'm uh, <laughs> I will reach out. That's love a beautiful, beautiful story. I love thank it. Um man yeah i'm i'm i yeah 
my bad. I'm just in my head right now thinking about certain scenes and everything. So. <laughs> yeah, no, and I want to I want to keep it real too because you know people talk about our love and we're a power couple and hashtag relationship goals and that's all sweet and I appreciate it. But you know we struggle too. You know we go to marriage counseling. We we've seen a therapist I guess since fall of 2019 and it's been amazing for our marriage. You know, I remember once I was telling someone a story and I said, you know, Terry and I were arguing and blah, 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 blah. And the girl stopped me. She was like, wait, y'all argue? <laughs> like, Is that a real question? Of course we yeah. argue. And so I don't want to paint this picture like it's all roses. You know, we have three kids, we have multiple businesses. So um, it takes work just like anything else. But I mean, we think each other's worth it. And, yeah. you know, it's important, something that we want to fight for. So I love that you. I love that you said that, you know, just for multiple reasons, man, <clears throat> you know, the world that we live in today, it just seems like, yo, if you're not on social media stunting and, and trying to portray your life in a way that's, that's not really exactly what it is, then right. you're, you're a weirdo, you know, like it, that just seems like the norm. So for you to keep it real and just be like, Hey, look, man, you know, yeah, you know, of course, you know, we have a good thing going, but shoot behind the scenes sometimes is real just like everywhere else in the world you know yes. um you know and 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 also um you know just <clears throat> keeping on keeping on track of uh you know just keeping it real like i say i mean we had the same thing and when you talk about counseling that's yeah. that's such a thing that thankfully has been coming more in the forefront uh recently mm-hmm. and it's not such that negative stigma behind it of people saying like oh man if you do counseling or you know especially like marriage counseling and you on your way in the outs and you know i think that's such a healthy thing um to do you know and i love it and i appreciate it yeah i think a lot of people you know go to counseling when it is really bad and you're about to get divorced maybe and this is the last ditch effort but we were not in that place when we decided to go to counseling we were just like our marriage is good, but we want it to be great. Like we want to, you know, just like yeah. our fitness, we want to take it to the next level. Our business, just like you would get a, a fitness coach or a business coach, you know, you need someone to help you navigate marriage. None of us are wired to just know how to be married great. Some of us didn't have the example. Some of us did. So it's just like making that investment was important to us. So, yeah. That's a great thing. Uh, would you want to shout out your, um, your, your counselor? Yeah, you know, because maybe maybe it's a thing to where you know if they want the promotion, I would I would love for anybody that's listening to say, damn, you know, I, I want to go. So yes. feel free to push shout yes. him out. His name is Pierre Cannings, and a friend of ours um, was seeing him and referred him to us, and we have referred so many people to him, um, which I'm sure you know he's grateful for. He actually. Um, God, I don't want to misstate the name of the church. It's not coming to me right now, but he's the, I believe, young adults pastor at a church, um, in Houston, in the Heights area, actually near our gym. And we get on zoom with him and I mean, we hash it out and it's like a, a great safe space to come and be like, look, this is what we're going through, you know? And he's so neutral too. It's never like, I always feel like he doesn't take one of our sides, you know, it's like neutral and it's such a good, good, healthy thing for our marriage. Yeah. If, if I go in there with my problems, like, man, she keep leaving these doggone clothes. <laughs> he he going to have all the tea on everybody, but it's, it's a, definitely a confidential, uh, confidential thing, right? You're not yes. going to spread it no, around. No, he would never share about, you know, our friends who referred us or, you know, we referred several people to him and he's never going to, you know, yeah, uh, do any of that. No, <laughs> that would be bad. That would be bad. 
No, I love that. I love that. And, and I, was, I can't thank you enough for, for bringing that up because yeah, especially in the black community, you know how it is, man. People yeah. look at therapy and, and, and counseling and stuff like that is such a negative thing. It's like, Oh, so you heard so-and-so in counseling, you know, they must got problems. So, um, you know, to hear from you that that's just, we need to normalize it even more, you know, and I do yeah. like the trend, uh, that is going. So yeah. I, <laughs> I appreciate you saying that. Um, so I know I asked you about what's like the number one pitfall that you see. Um, so I guess on the opposite end of the spectrum, what would you say is like the number one thing that you see that, you know, is, is kind of a good thing that you see people doing or just like the, the best, I don't know, ad, 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 advice or, or one of the things that you would promote the hardest when it comes to your prepared and launch challenge. Oh yeah. Oh gosh. I would say, adaptability is is one of the things that will you know keep your business in the game for the long run like you said there's so many businesses that you've seen in your space that just come and go um i've seen the same thing with gyms you know um you have to be able to adapt especially in an environment like we've seen in the last year and a half with covid yeah. there's so many cool stories one i heard was a woman who was a book author and um, children's book author. And she, instead of trying to just continue to sell children's book, when when parents are freaking out about having to work from home and having to teach kids and stuff, she pivoted and and began to do like story time, like these 20 minute story times, you know, with kids and, you know, you could pay for a Zoom session and come on and do the story time. And the kids loved it. And it gave parents a break. So she was really cued in to both of her ideal clients, she kind of has two in a way, the kids who are consuming the content in her books, and then also parents who are actually buying it, right? And she's like, where are they now? And what do they need now? And was able to pivot and her business like took off, right? Because parents are like, yes, please give me 20 minutes break with my, you know? So that's just (laughs) an example of being adaptable. I think that's probably the number one um, skill or one of the top skills, I should say, that entrepreneurs need to have. And so sure. when I see that in, in entrepreneurs, I'm like, yeah, you're going to be in it for the long haul because you're going to be willing to say, okay, we launched this product. It's not working exactly how we thought it was. Maybe we misread something. Let's yeah. tweak it. Let's try again. Not being so hell bent on, this is the service I know I want to provide. Yeah. We, we've changed the name of our, our training format. It used to be stack training. And then we realized that was too long and confusing. We you know, trimmed it down to pack training and it's great. You know, our, our services and our pricing and our packages, you know, we've changed multiple times over the years. So just sure. being nimble and being willing to adapt, I think is what's going to keep you in for the long haul. Yeah. That's such a good point. I love that. Um, somebody said, and like I say on this, on the show, this is what I do. I misquote things all the time, but, uh, when COVID hit, someone was like, if you're still operating, uh, your business pre COVID, then pretty much you're not you're not going to make it you know you got you got to be adaptable as you say you got to change the mindset uh because it's a new world you know technology in the world moves so much faster than it did you know in the the previous generation that you always kind of got to have your head on a swivel you know and just be ready to take on the new things the new challenges be ready to try to hit curveballs you may not knock it out the park every time but it is very important to not be so prideful yeah. you know because uh yeah you know like you were saying if you want to hold on to what you thought your your business model was going to be but if it's not working out 
you got to be willing to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to take the L, you know, and just, right. you know, reformat it and, and right. come at it a different way. And uh, to that point, one of the things I talk a lot about is having a business plan because I believe business plans are so helpful to allow you to be proactive instead of reactive, right? And to your point of changing things, even in my program, I, I teach my students to um, refresh, to review their business plan every quarter. So a lot of times people think of a business plan as, okay, I'm starting a business. I'm going to like do this one pager of like, you know, my client, you know, just random stuff, my money. And it's like, okay, then I'm done. I put it in some drawer somewhere and I never look at it again. Yeah. The way I teach it is like, actually you are reviewing it every single quarter, sitting down and saying, okay, we we're going to implement XYZ marketing strategy this quarter. How did it work? what what did or didn't work what do we need to repeat or throw away you know what i mean so i think that helps you be adaptable whenever you think about it that way yeah that's a good point yeah have you ever had uh one of your clients or or someone one of your friends or someone kind of tell you like you know listen to your advice and then say all right i hear you but um yeah you know I, i think my way is uh you know the way that i'm gonna do it and do you ever just want to tell them like Okay, yeah, just all the years that I went to school and all the internships, all the things, the time in New York. Yeah, no, don't mean nothing. And, and, <laughs> you ever you get know? petty, petty like your friend from high school? <laughs> no, I, I learned from that. No, you know what I do? I'm not so much trying to tell someone do this, don't do that. Yeah. I'm trying to help people learn how to think about their business. I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I'm trying to show you how to think about it. Right? Yeah. So you know. For example, oh, I have now that now that I'm talking it through, I have had a. <laughs> it was in my Prove It Plan course, and we we had a one-on-one session. So Prove It Plan is my business plan development course. We had a one-on-one session, and I'm basically telling her that so she has a nine-to-five that she wants to keep, and she also wants to launch this business. And so, the nature of the business it's an online service-based business, so it's more practical for her to do that, okay. but you know, as she grows this business, she's going to have to grow her team, you know? Yeah. We're talking through team and the importance of it and like going through like her operations and saying, okay, you'll, you know, maybe you could have a virtual assistant do that. Maybe you could hire a second person to like review the contract so that you don't have to do all of them. And, and she was just basically like, I can't even think about hiring more people on. Like, she's like, I don't even (laughs) think about that because I'm just trying to figure out what it's going to look like with just me. And wow. so um, against that, like she was really pushing against like trying to think about it. She didn't want to really talk about it. She want to go forward on it. And so I just kind of let it be, you know, she, she seemed very like frustrated by that. So I said, okay, <laughs> so fast forward a few sessions in, um, we had a few more. And then finally it was like something clicked and a light bulb went off and there's like, She's like, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I'm going to stunt my business's growth if I try to do it all myself while I still have this full-time job. And I'm like, right, you know? <laughs> and so I think in that situation, she came to it in her own in her own way. I didn't have yeah. to, I don't want to push anything down, down someone's throat. You know, if you don't feel like you need to do it, it's, it's your business, right? Yeah. Again, I'm not trying to, you know, stuff my methodology down your throat. I'm showing you this way and saying, what do you think? Like, does this work for you? And, and try to navigate it that way. But you definitely take a very good approach to, uh, <laughs> to teaching. I, I, I love that you're saying all of this. So if, you know, potentially if anyone's listening, that's like, you know, maybe has some reservations, like, oh, I don't, I don't know her. I don't know if I would want to give her a call. I'll list 
guys, this is the person that you're going to be getting, you know, like <laughs> if you get me, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you my advice. And if you'd be like, now nah, I'm going to be like, okay, well, yes, you're going to fail. <laughs> you know, I'm going to tell you wrong. Ashley's not, she's because she's actually a, a good teacher. Um, and I'm me, <laughs> but no, I think, I think that's great. I think that's great. Obviously what you needed for that young lady was the ability to clone her because I think that's ultimately what she wanted. Exactly. Um, and I know a lot of people, I mean, we struggle with it sometimes too, in some aspects, you know, you always feel like the best hands are your own. Uh, and it's like kind of those trust issues. You don't want to like uh, delegate off some of that power, but it's so necessary to, to mm -hmm. eventually do so. Yeah. Um, I mean, I even have an example. When we launched the league, I worked the front desk for every single class. This is our gym business. Terry taught every single class and that worked until it didn't, until it was like, I would have my computer open trying to do like our QuickBooks stuff and then have this other computer where people were trying to check in. <laughs> it was like, I couldn't focus on either or do well in either you know, lane because I was doing both at the same time. It was not how it was supposed to be. And it was so hard for me to relinquish control of working the front desk. I was like, what if someone doesn't do it right? What if, yeah. you know, they're going to have the behind the scenes of all of our business stuff. I didn't trust people. Again, remember I had those trust issues. Yep. I did not want to release control, but guess what? Like two years after we launched the league, we launched a second location. Had I not started hiring a team a year in when I did, mm -hmm. we couldn't have ever launched a second location. Cause guess what? I can't be in two places at once. Yeah. So in order to grow your business, you have to grow your team, which means that you have to deal with some of the crap that you have, your trust issues, your control issues, whatever it is, yeah. so that you can let your business be what it needs to be, right? Sure. Sure. That's such, yeah, that's that's such good advice. Um, I'm in a blessed situation to have <clears throat> a lot of people, a lot of friends around me who are small business owners. Um, you know, so we do get to have a lot of these conversations and a, a lot of it's frustrating, you know you know, a lot of people say the same things. They don't want to give up the control. And then when they do, it's really hard to find good people um, that, that you can trust, you know, and yeah. I know from my wife and I in particular, man, we, uh, I don't know how to say this without sounding stupid or, or trying to sound like conceited, but, you know, we, we take into consideration our employees and have a lot of empathy and try to have big hearts when it comes to like compensation and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes it doesn't, or at least in the beginning, it didn't match up to actually being profitable. <laughs> you know, it's like you, you're paying people too much, then, you know, it's, obviously you're not going to, you know, hit your, hit your bottom line. So um, where is somewhere, what's just real quick. I don't, I don't want, I don't want you to give away all your game, but. No, what, I'm happy to, I'm happy to. What's a good resource that, that you found like in your journeys of hiring people, um, to be kind of the best, you know, how have you gone about finding great candidates to, to work? Okay. That is a wonderful question. I will tell you business owners like you, I have a friend who's a financial planner. I can name countless business owners that are kind of at our level have been in business for a while. The number one issue they have is hiring people. Hiring people is the hardest thing. The people part I say is the hardest part because it's the most important part. Like they're the face yep. of your brand whether they're a delivery guy or the virtual assistant or the customer service person, like they need to be on point. And it's very different when you're in a partnership, like you are with your wife or I am with Terry and like both people feel the same and have the same passion and care about it because it's their baby. Then yeah. when you hire someone and they're like, look, I'm getting my check, you know, you know yeah. I'm just trying to be 
So it's, it's, it's tough. Um, I did a whole two-part hiring series on my podcast um, to kind of try to lay out the process, but I'll say to answer your question, the best thing that we've seen with the league is hiring from within. So one of the, the reason why it can be hard to find good people is because they don't understand your brand and your culture, really your culture, right? But when you hire people who understand your brand or culture, then the the training is a lot simpler because they already know your brand voice. They already know your, your vibe, right? So when we hire clients of ours, people who are leaguers who have, you know, been training at the gym to work at the front desk, they get it. They know about the packages and pricing. They know about the schedule, you know, it is so much better. Um, that can be tricky, of course it can have it, you know, but it's so much better than going to like, you know, um, indeed or zip recruiter or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Also it can get tricky with posting on social media because sometimes you might attract people who you don't really want to work with, but then they want, they, you know, it's like, yikes, because now you have to (laughs) to work with you. And then now maybe they're a client or it can get, it can get tricky. So for us, the best thing has been hiring from within. So for you, like someone who, has been a long time, you know, consumer of your product that loves it. And they're like, you know, they want to, that's, that's where I think you would. Oh, a hundred percent. Starting tomorrow, every customer that comes through, I'm just like, Hey, you want to work here? <laughs> right, right, and right. hopefully one sticks. <laughs> well, like, I don't know if you have any kind of newsletter or, you know, marketing communication, cause you could put it in that and then yeah. people are, are posting on, on, like we talked about posting on social media, you can get some weirdos, but you know, those are people <laughs> In your product, you know, either way, or putting it on yeah. online in your place of business, we're hiring. You know, that's that's one way to do it, so that it doesn't have to be like as direct. Sure. <laughs> if you, you want to work here now, we need help. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, put the bag down in the car and come right back in. <laughs> right, right, sure. right. <laughs> now that's funny. No, that's such that's such good advice. I love that. Um, as expected, you have answered all of my non-prepped questions uh, with <laughs> elegance and, and grace, because that's, that's what you do. Uh, and I love this. I love learning more things about you that, that I didn't already know, you know, some things are just, just mind blowing. And as I say, I cannot wait to put this in film version. Um, <laughs> I, I, I definitely do you guys proud for sure. <laughs> I love, it. I love um, it. This has been fun. Thank you for having me. As, as I do with uh, with all of my guests, I definitely want to take the time and, and as I kind of have this entire episode, but give you your flowers while you can still smell them. You know, that's that's very important for me to be able to do because, you know, how it is it just in the world that we live in, man, when something happens to somebody, then all of a sudden people are quick to, to post them and be like, oh, my God, this was my best friend. This was the, this person meant the world to me. And, 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 you know, saying all of the things that they definitely had the time or are could have at the time to tell them that they love them, that they appreciate them. So, you know, this is what I do as I say, you know, I tell, I tell you and Terry often, and I try to emphasize how much I'm being so serious and sincere that man, we look up to you guys, like you guys, we draw inspiration from you. We love you. We love everything that you do as far as marriage, as far as business, as far as your family life, you know, the way that you guys are bringing up your children, man, you know, I know you said like, yes, you, you know, you're, there's, there's definitely things that go on behind the scenes that, you know, you don't want to portray yourself as like a perfect couple and everything like that, but Hey, you guys are doing something right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like no matter what it is. So I can't thank you enough. Um, you know, you guys, the spirit, it lives in our home. 
you know, so we definitely take things from people that we love and enjoy being around and implement them in our home. So I can definitely say, you know, a hundred percent, you know, since with sincerity that, you know, the things that you do live and in, in dwell inside of, of our home as well. So I appreciate it. And I, I love wow. you for that. Wow. That's so beautiful, Tim. Thank you. That means the world. And we love you so much. You have been day one, Terry's boy. I remember, I remember meeting you at his mom's house in Pearland <laughs> that time. <laughs> and, you know, it's just been so special. I mean, it's just rare to have friends like for that long, you know, long of a time. It says a lot about your character too. So thank you for being who you are. We love you and Fabby so much. I appreciate it. Uh, man. So in the spirit of closing out as well, I do this every episode <laughs> of taking a page out of uh, uh, my boy's playbook, somebody that I look up to and, 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 and also inspired by and would love to have on as a guest on my podcast. Eventually, I'm going to do a compilation of, of everyone doing a quick little elevator pitch to try to get them on. Uh, listeners, y'all know I'm always trying to get Arian Foster uh, on the podcast. Uh, really? so, <laughs> so if you would not mind, uh, if you could, as I say, just do a quick little elevator pitch to Arian and, and tell him why he should be a guest and join me on this podcast. Arian, you got to get on this podcast. Tim's vibe, the way that he comes across is just so real and relatable and you're going to have a good time. So make it happen. Get on the podcast. I appreciate you. I appreciate oh you God, so much. That, how was that? <laughs> that was perfect. That was perfect. I love it, man. Um, so one last time before we get out of here, please tell the people where they can find your your podcast for one, your um, your your website, and how can they join this uh prepare to launch challenge that's going down on September 20th. Yes. So all of the information is at birdwilliams.com. That's where you can find my podcast. It's called Bird Means Business Podcast. It's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. It's also on my website. And the Prepare to Launch Challenge, like you said, kicks off on September 20th. Um, even if you catch this episode, <clears throat> excuse me, even if you catch this episode after it's actually launched, you can still join and kind of pick up where we are, where we are. So again, you're going to go to birdwilliams.com slash challenge. Awesome. Well, Ashley, I appreciate your time. I know you got to get back to these kiddos and all of the businesses that you run. So I know your time <laughs> is valuable, very precious commodity. I can't thank you enough uh, for, for joining me guys. We'll see you on the next episode. Peace. Bye. Thank you.